Yes, Jesus has changed everything, everything. And it's so cool to know that in a few days, Jesus was born. And I think that is amazing. Man, good morning, guys. Good morning. I'm pretty amped today, if you can't tell already. Yeah. Hey, if you don't know me, I'm Danny. Thank you, my man. Thank you. Um, I'm Danny. I'm the executive pastor here at Camelback. And if you're newer here, I want to say welcome to Camelback. It is so amazing and awesome that you are here with us and that you get this experience today with us as well. And last week, not last week, yesterday, I went with a, a few of us up to Hope Cottage because we were bringing in gifts for Hope Cottage. And I want to let you know about how that went. It was amazing. This is my first time going up to Hope Cottage up in Flagstaff. And these are families where um, women, they come out of abused relationships and they still have their kids with them. And they're trying to, to get their life back in order. And we were bringing presents to them because we love them. We want to show them who Jesus is. And you guys did an amazing job, by the way. But it was so cool going there and seeing these families and seeing these kids and how, ex how excited they were opening up. There were some little ones, and they just had these little basketballs. I mean, they're about that. And all they want to do is just even play with that. And it was just so cool to be a part of that. Um, and amazing what God's doing in their lives. Yes, please, please clap for that because it, it is amazing. And a lot of times when I uh, come up here and speak, I usually try to get you guys involved with, with, uh, with me speaking. Um, last time I spoke, I had some grapes. You guys, I don't know if you guys remember the grapes, do you? Um, don't worry, I won't have any grapes today because uh, I throw them out to some people. But today, guys, um, I, actually, I just want to open up in prayer um, and ask for God, God's Spirit to be here because I feel like He's going to do something amazing today in our lives. Lord, we love you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you that you love us. And I ask that your, your spirit will be here and just start moving through us today, Lord. And that you would speak to us like you've never done before. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So this is what I want you guys to do with me and, 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 and have fun with me with it. So when I say this, I want you guys to repeat it back with me. I want you guys to say, God is. God was. God will be. You guys did a little better first service. That was, that's good. That's good. You guys want a second chance at all to see how it, Yeah, thank you. God is. God is. Yeah, God was. God and God will be. God will be. That was so great. So today I'd like to talk to you about um, a truth from God's word that springs from the carol, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And I'll give you some history about this. And it actually comes from the 12th and the 8th between the 8th and the 12th century over in Europe. And some of the churches in that era would, 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 would sing and chant uh, songs that start with O. And then once they do that, they would read, read some psalms, and then they would sing and chant again, and then they would, um, with, with the letter O, and then they would sing some songs. And out of that, um, birthed our song, and that was known as O Antiphons. And through that birth, our carol that we sing, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And if you guys are taking notes or if you have our message notes for today's service, and you're wondering, what does Emmanuel mean? It means God with us. God with us. And I'm curious here at church, um, who's ever prayed that before? God be with me. Have you guys ever prayed that? 
It, it could be like, God, be with me as I'm going on vacation or I'm traveling somewhere, maybe being in an airplane. God, may, be with me on this airplane ride. God, be with me as I'm driving and be with me as my kids are in the back seat and they're going crazy. Just be with me as they're dealing with this, you know, or be with me even like people who are just barely having some children and, and they're realizing sometimes this baby just won't stop crying. Lord, just be with me. I just want it to be calm. Anybody have children that have ever experienced that? Yeah, out of love, I understand. I really do. I mean, have you ever, what does that mean? Um, what does it mean, God, be with me? I'd like to read in Matthew 1, um, the version of Matthew. If you've never read through Matthew before, I absolutely love Matthew, by the way. So easy to read, and you really hear about who God is in his heart, who Jesus is. But Matthew 1, his version of the birth of Christ, in verse 21, and it starts, she will, she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. Jesus means Lord saves. And why, why to give this name? It says, because he will save his people from their sins. It's interesting that he says save these people from their sins. It doesn't, it doesn't say that he comes to help us figure out how to save ourselves from our sins, but he comes to save us from our sins. And that is amazing to know that. Verse 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. I want to stop there real fast. Take a pause real fast. Because this is, what he's saying now, is this a long-awaited announcement, something they've been waiting for for centuries. Because now Matthew is going to quote what the prophet Isaiah was talking about in Isaiah 7, 14, some 740 years before this event actually took place. Now, I don't know if you're like me, but when I start reading that and seeing, oh my gosh, there's like seven centuries, 740 years before this takes place, that kind of starts to boggle my mind. I'm thinking about, God, you are so big. You are, you are so awesome and amazing that over seven centuries before the prophecy is given, I'm sorry, seven centuries before, yeah, the prophecy happens, it was given. And in 23, it's fulfilled here. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. And they will call him what, guys? Emmanuel, which means God with us. And this is such an impact for those reading and listening at this time because Matthew's talking to the Jewish people and, and in the Old Testament, everyone knows this, that God is too holy that you couldn't even look upon him for his essence is so pure and you couldn't look upon him because you would end up dying. Everyone knows that as they're reading this, that Moses, when God walked by, he had to turn his face because, because he, had, he couldn't be in his presence because of how full-blown presence of God, God, how awesome and pure God is. They would know that God, when God dwelt in the temple, that, that they could not go inside there except for the high priest. And the high priest could only go in there once a year when God was in there. And they actually had to tie a rope around his leg because when, God, when, when the priest went into the temple, and if, he, if God, God is so holy that, he, that that priest could have dropped dead there. And the only way to get that priest out, guys, was to pull on that rope. And God is so big and amazing. And now Matthew is stating that God is with us. God's here now with us. So what made these shepherds that were here when the birth of Jesus to go and run off and rejoice out and tell people about it? And what was it that made those wise men just bow and kneel before them? What, what was it? 
It was this fact and this fact alone that God is not a distant, uninvolved creator who's not just hovering above us and looking at what's going on, but that he is with you. The creator of the universe is a relational God that stripped himself from glory and came down in the form of a baby, all God, all human, uh, without sin, now here with us, relationally with us, being with us, without sin on this earth. John 1.1 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word became flesh. In verse 14, it says, dwell among us. The word became fresh, flesh, and this was, this was what Matthew was saying, is God's with us. God was with you. God will be with you. God is always with you. This is the best news ever, and this is the gospel being proclaimed, and they're excited, and people running off letting people know about it, and we're excited about it, except there's one thing. A lot of us just don't believe it. We just don't believe it. And some of you guys just don't believe in God at all. And so, of course, that's not what you think, that God is with us and he's among us and that he's, he's going to help us. And, and, I, and, and I honor that what you think. And some of us Christians are like, I'm just dealing with this difficult time in my life. I don't feel him here with me. There's such just difficult pain. I, I just can't. He's just not there. I just don't see it. And sometimes Christmas is this huge magnifier. And it just magnifies the, the things that are good that's going on. And when something's good, Christmas makes it just even that much better. And sometimes it also magnifies when we're going through painful stuff and hard times, it magnifies those hard times. And I, I just don't feel God. I just don't see God. And maybe, maybe there's an empty chair across now who's someone who's usually there who isn't there. And this could be through tension, relationship tensions. They're not here and they're or somewhere else inside, inside of the, uh, in different countries or something or different states. Or maybe it's through a divorce or maybe it's through death and a loss. And that just wrecks you. And whatever it is, where is God? I don't see him here. I don't feel God. Where is he? And some of you might even say that the things that I have done, why would God want to be with someone like me? And before we leave today, I want you to know that God is with you. Amen. Amen. My goal today and the help with the Spirit is for you to know that God is with you. And I'm going to break this down into three different thoughts here. And the first one is, God is with me. God is with me. And now an angel's here is coming and, and is talking to this virgin teenage girl. And I like to look in Luke 1, verse 28, and it says, The angel went to her and said, Greetings. What a nice angel. He comes down, Greetings. How you doing? You are highly favored. The Lord is with you. The very first truth, this angel comes and talks to Mary, proclaims to this girl something that she needs to know because he is about to ask something very difficult from her. And the first thing he says is, God is with you. 
And if you're hurting right now, he is with you even more, more powerful than in any way. Because scripture says that he is our God of all comfort. He comforts us in our trials and our pains and our hurt. The root Greek word for comfort is parakaleo, which means to come alongside of us. Para means alongside. Kaleo means called to. So God comes alongside of us in our trials and in our hurts. He comes alongside us in our hurts and our pains. And that is such a beautiful picture to know that he does that with us, that he is with us, comes alongside of us. An example of this, my daughter, she's, she's figuring out, uh, she's seven, and she's figuring out that when things are dark, it's kind of scary. <laughs> and so at nighttime, oh, we're getting ready for bed, and we we'll be downstairs, and I say, hey, Danica, it's time for you to go get your PJs on, and to go upstairs and go get your PJs. And she's like, okay, we've got stairs, and she starts going up the stairs, and the light's turned on in the stairs, and she stops right there. She goes, no, it's dark. And I'm not going up there. I said, no, it's okay. Baby, she can do it. She goes, no, it's, it's dark. I said, Daddy, we'll go with you. It's okay. I'll go with you up there. So I turn on the lights and I go up the stairs with her. And we get to the top. And then she's noticing that her light in her bedroom is off and it's dark. She walks in. Uh, no, Dad. <laughs> I'm not going in there. I said, it's okay. It's all right. I'll go in there with you. Or another example is, again, with my daughter. We went to main event. Awesome place, by the way. And we go to main event. And they have this this thing you can buy, it's a package thing that you can play all the games there, unlimited, for like an hour, and you can do laser tag, and also, I don't even know what it's called, but they strap you up in this harness, and you go up kind of high, and you're doing these obstacle things, and, they, and, and you're connected to something, they take you along these obstacle courses, and, and so we're looking at all these, and she goes, oh yeah, I definitely want to do laser tag, I definitely want to go ahead and play those games, and she's looking up high, and she says, and I want to go up there, and I said, Okay, so we went and did that. And we're playing the games. We're doing laser tag. We're running around having a good time. Then we get to doing that. I'm not even sure what's an obstacle course thing. And we get our harnesses on, and we're climbing up the stairs. And as she's going up the stairs, you can just see it in her face. And she's realizing this is high. And she says, Dad, I don't want to do this. And I said, it's okay. I'm with you. Dad's with you. I'll be with you. She goes, no, Dad, I, I don't want to be, I don't want, I'm with you. It's okay. It's the same with us. The, the creator of our universe, the sustainer of our universe, our Father is with us. And it's amazing to know that. Let me define this a little more. If you're alone, he is your companion. If you're lost, he is your guide. If you're sick, he is your healer. If you're weak, he is our strength. If you're hurting, he is our hope. If, he, if you're in your sin, he is our savior. Are you guys with me? Yes. Yes, you could clap. First service was the same way. I said, I think I'm preaching just a little more better than you guys are responding. And it is okay, guys. You can. <laughs> our second thing, guys, is God was with you. Our God was with you. And sometimes it's easier to see that he might have been with you and his presence was with you when you look in the rearview mirror and see something back or you look over the story and, and you can see him actually there. But when you're in it, sometimes you can't see it. And a great example is Joseph in the Bible. And this isn't Mary's Joseph. This was another Joseph. And he had big dreams to be a leader. And he was favored by his dad, and he had many brothers, and his brothers did not like him at all. They said, you're a little punk. We don't really like you. And uh, you're our dad's favorite. So 
they got together and said, let's kill him. Let's throw him a pit and kill him. And one of the brothers who wasn't as mean, he says, let's not, let's not do that. And said, let's sell him to slavery. Imagine having those brothers. The, the, the nicest brother is, let's sell you to slavery, you know. And so we're looking at that. We're looking at Joseph's story. He, they beat him up and they throw him in a pit. And then they sell him to slavery. And you could be saying, and Joseph could have been saying, where is God in this? Where is he in this? And you have to look at his story as it goes along to be able to see God in there. Because you'll see, you'll find out that he goes from the pit to the palace. And from the palace, he becomes the second most powerful person, man, in Egypt. And he saves thousands of people from famine and even his own family. And so he could have been like, and we could have been like, where is God in that? In Genesis 39, 21, it says, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And as I look at my life and I look at my friends' lives and even my family's lives, I can see this. My, my little sister had experienced uh, a loss with her significant other in a rollover accident. And at that time, I remember getting that phone call and hearing her voice, and she was in pain and grief. And I could hear that, and, and, and you could say, where was God in that? And you can see as, as it goes on, she's going through this grief. And, her, and, 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 and the family also that went through that grief, you can, you can see it and feel it, but you can also see that God's working there. And God was the comforter there with my sister. And he's bringing her through that. A good friends of mine here in the church, Adria and Rosanna, uh, years ago, they were in a financial situation where they had to figure out how to pay so much for their mortgage or else they were going to lose their house. And they weren't sure what to do in that situation. And I remember in our life group, we were talking about this. And we did lots of praying about this. And at that time, we're like, where is God in this? And then as we look back and see this whole story, as the story folds out, they had three months to have like $9,000 to pay for their mortgage. And it happened because God was there to comfort them also, but to bring them through that. And that was amazing. My mom had lost her mother to cancer years, years ago. She battled with cancer and she was a believer. And I remember mom telling about this and, and how my grandfather sat with her through this. And, and, and she passed away. And I remember my mom, we were living in England this time. She flew back for the funeral um, into, into New York where they were living. And my, my grandfather wasn't a believer at that time. But what was amazing was God, as you look through this story, where was he at that? But as, as God has taken something evil that Satan was trying to create and made it awesome because after that, my grandfather was saved through that. God is there. Myself, uh, before I worked at the school and before I started working at the school, I had a job and it was with family friends and, and our business was actually going under. Um, and I stayed with our boss through the whole thing because he was close to me and I wanted to help him out as best as I could. And I remember the week before we were about to shut down, he says, listen, Danny, you should find somewhere to go because I don't think I'm going to be able to even pay you for this week or the next week. 
And I remember I did a, uh, I was talking with one Sunday with Pastor Carlos here, and I was letting him know what was going on. And God was working through this. At that time, I had no idea, but God was working through this. And in a position that opened up here at the school, and I remember talking to Karen, and she says, well, I've, there's a maintenance position open. I said, I'll take it. I don't even care. And then, so I started working maintenance here. It was the best thing ever because now I'm here on this campus, and I get to be here with you guys. Yeah, God was there working. God was with you. God is with you. God was with you. And our third thing is God will be with you. God will be with you. And if we can look at Mary's life, what would she say at this point? Like if she could see her future, I know if I saw my future, you guys, I would freak out probably. I didn't want to see my future. But if Mary could see her future, this is what she would say. God will be with me when, when I conceive this baby. God will be with me when I tell Joseph. Imagine that conversation between Mary and Joseph. Because she's supposed to be a virgin and then she tells him, I'm pregnant. Imagine that conversation. And then say God was part of this, his spirit. That's got to be a hard, it's kind of comical, but no, that's got to be a hard conversation. She would say, God will be with me. God will be with me as we travel hundreds of miles on this donkey to Bethlehem as I'm pregnant. God will be with me as I'm in this barn delivering the baby with animals around. God will be with me as I flee because now someone's trying to kill my son. God will be with me. God will be with me as, I, as, as he goes missing. Imagine missing your child, missing someone you love, experiencing that, not knowing where they're at because she had experienced that with, G with Jesus. But Jesus was in the temple as he was teaching, he was preaching, and he was telling people about God in there, and he finds them in there. But, but in, that, in that instant, God, she would say, God will be with me. God will be with me as he is falsely accused, as he's persecuted. God will be with me as he goes to that cross and he suffers on that cross for our sins and he takes that upon us. God will be with me as I see that and he's up there. God will be with me as they take those stakes and they put it through his body. God will be with me as that ground shakes and he says, it is finished. God will be with me on that first night. God will be with me on that second night. God will be with me on that third day as they roll that rock away and he is not there because he has risen. God will be with me. Paul says it this way. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who sh shall trouble? No. Shall hardship? No. Shall persecution? No. Shall famine? No. Shall nakedness, what is nakedness doing in that scripture? But if you're wondering, nakedness should not keep you from him. Should danger? No. For the sword? No. Verse 37, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, 
neither height nor depth or anything else in all creation, be able to separate us. Nothing, guys, will separate us from the love of God that is in who? Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing can separate us. Not your fears, not your mistakes, not your theological questions, not your sin, not your sicknesses, nothing that someone's done to you. Nothing can separate us from God's love from us. And he will never leave us. He will never forsake us, guys. You will never be alone. Even when I walk through the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. For he is with me. He is, was, and will be. He's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. He will never leave us. He is always with me. And then the question that we have to ask us is, are we with him? And I think it's a time that we actually think about that question. Are we with God? And this is the best time to think about that. And if you've never asked Christ to be your Savior, and you've never thought about what he's done for you, if you've never had the opportunity to ask for that, today is an awesome day to do that. With this season, with the birth of Christ, knowing what he's done for us going to that cross, coming down here, ripped from his glory to be with us, to be among us because he loves us that much and says, I will always be with you. I will be with you. I'll never leave you. The only thing that I can say then, and if I believe that, is to give my life to him. And I am going to offer that to you guys today if you've never done that. I'm going to ask you guys to stand with me. I love Christmas time. I love the fact that I have a Savior. And I love the fact that I, I get to tell people about that too. And I love the fact that He loves me no matter what. And this is something you want to do. You want to take that. You want to accept Christ. You can do that right now. I'm going to ask everyone to bow your heads. And if you want to accept Christ as the Lord of your life and to accept that he died for you, all you, want, all you got to do is accept that and raise your hand right now. Yes. 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 Because he loves you. Yes. I want you all to pray this with me. Lord, we love you. Lord, we accept that you died on that cross. That you took my sin. And that you're taking it away from me. And believe that you're my Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.